Hello and welcome to Superpowers with Tasha, the podcast that celebrates differences and the extraordinary power that lies within each of us. In a world that often focuses on limitations, this show shines a light on the unique and incredible abilities that each of us bring to the table, turning what society may perceive as limitations into sources of strength. We hope to inspire you to embrace your own superpower, whatever that may be, and to recognize the amazing potential you have. Hi everyone and welcome back to Superpowers with Tasha. I've got a very exciting special guest with me today. He is someone who's very close to my heart and someone very, very special that I met not long ago. The reason why I bought him on was because he's got a side that I want you all to see as well. I see him as a superhero myself. He's got a superpower and he's here to share that side with you all. So those of you that don't know, I actually met him on Love Island and is my boyfriend also. So Welcome, my special guest today is Andrew LePage. <laughs> Thank you very much for having me. Thank no, you. Of course. Like, the reason why I want to have you on here is because since being together, I found out so much more about you and there's a side to you that no one else really knows about as well. So mm. I'm going to dig deeper into that yep, today. Dig deep, dig deep. Let's see what I've got. <laughs> dig deep. <laughs> Are you nervous? A little bit, to be fair. Aww. Once we start going, I'll be fine. I'll be fine. Yeah, don't be nervous <laughs> at all. So we're going to start with, you know, back in the day, growing up, like where did you grow up? So as some of you may know, I was born in Guernsey and then I moved to Somerset where I went to a boarding school when I was about seven years old. Hmm. The boarding side of it, absolutely loved. You know, I was in a house with 60 boys, my brothers, and that was a lot of fun. And the school was very known for like sport and me with sport just absolutely loved it like that's what I love that was my passion hmm. but also on the other side of it it was a school for dyslexia and I had dyslexia so it was a school that helped me a lot hmm. but I also did not like school I <laughs> did not like it you know yeah learning and you know just always being like at the bottom of the class it was just it was tough and Sport was my outlet, and thankfully that school was just incredible for, for sport. Mm. So it was like, loved school, but also hated school. So it was good, though. It was good. So around 10% of people in the UK have dyslexia. So please, can you just clarify what dyslexia is? So I would say dyslexia for for people can be different for everyone. So for me, like, it would be, for example, when I'm reading, you get, like, the letters mixed up and things like that or you you just don't read it properly and mm. you know you're trying to keep a pace that looks normal so you kind of like you skip a few words by accident and you don't read it properly mm -hmm. so you don't see the words properly and it gets muddled up and it also can be numbers as well people can get that really really difficult like six and nine they can people can find that tough so it's different for everyone um i think for me it was just reading like i was i was very slow and like a, I mean, you probably probably might even notice in Love Island whenever I had to do a reading, they'd be like, "Andrew, can you do that again?" It's literally because I'm trying to keep up a normal pace, and I'd and I'd literally skip a few words and by accident, not I, mm. I just haven't seen it or I'll get something mixed up because I haven't read it properly. So it can be different for everyone, but yeah, for me, it'd be like struggling to read and numbers as well, and like trying to do it quick in my head. It, it's yeah, it's tough. 
So, yeah, it can be different for everyone, but, yeah, mainly it's reading and, and numbers. Did you feel any different when you were in school? Like, did you feel like you were included or how was it for you in school? I think sport helped me a lot in terms of being included. Like, I was very good at sport, so it was, you know, I became popular through that. But then when it was like academic, I was always at the bottom of the class and I was always like slow at learning and just behind everyone else. And I hated it. And, you know, all my friends would be in like a lot higher classes and mm. I'd be at the bottom. And yeah, it would in like school, they do it in like sets. So like from, yeah, yeah the cleverest to like, you know, <laughs> dyslexia. So, yeah, it was tough. It was tough to like accept that I'm just always going to be at the bottom academically. Yeah, it was hard, but something you know just had to kind of get over and move on and obviously exams like luckily I had extra time it was a bit like helped me a lot mm. but then again like obviously everyone's finished their exams like I'm still there it wasn't fun yeah it was you know it was hard and seeing your friends in like higher classes it, it was tough it was tough to take but mm. yeah I had to get had to get over it really do you feel like there's a stigma around it like around people having dyslexia like, have you always been open about it, like, owning up to that you've got it? Or have you always been quite closed off in terms of you're not really open about it? I think because I've known for such a long time, I think I've been quite open. Like, if I misspell something, I'll literally say, oh, that's my dyslexia for you. Mm. Um, and I'll have a little laugh at it. And people are like, oh, you're dyslexic. I'm like, I'm not, I'm not ashamed of it. Yeah. It's part of who I am. And I'd rather say I've literally got, dyslexia and it's I find it hard to spell sometimes and mm. instead of people just going what well, you can't spell that you know mm -hmm. so I'd rather I'd rather say I've got dyslexia but I think if you found out at a late age and you didn't really know about what it actually is then I think you could be you could be a little bit embarrassed to say yeah I've got dyslexia yeah because it's just like something that says you're not as good as other people and so I guess it can be hard mm. to come out of that but I think luckily at such a young age I knew about my dyslexia, so I kind of dealt with it earlier and just mm. learned to learned just to accept it. Yeah. So obviously, sport being your escape, mm. what sport did you play in school? Like, what was your passion for sport? Which one? So I played, like, many sports. But then as you get older and at the school, you have to choose a sport. And I loved hockey. Hockey was my passion. I played at a high level, played for West of England, Somerset, mm. captain, Millfield. We got to national finals three times. Our team was good. I loved hockey. Like, hockey was my, like, goal, and that was it. Like, even at school, I knew you couldn't get much money from hockey. But, like, at school in classes in English, I remember this, having a hockey teacher next to me. She just came in to look at the, like, watch the class. And I was English, and... I wasn't, like, doing well, and they were like, Andrew, you need a contract. I was like, I don't care, I'm going to be playing hockey. I'm going to be a professional hockey player, I don't care. Hmm. And she was like, Andrew, that's great, but hockey players don't make that much money. Hmm. And I was like, I don't care about the money. <laughs> like, literally, I want to play hockey, that is my passion. I remember that, like, playing this day. But, yeah, hockey hockey was my main sport, and then I played cricket as well. Mm -hmm. uh, again, at a high level, we used to play for Somerset when I was younger. Our team, Milford, we won back-to-back -back nationals. We were a decent team again. So, yeah, loved it. Loved cricket and hockey. They were my main sport. And that was, like, my escape of hmm. school. The amount of times, like, I would skip school to go play hockey. Uh, yeah, hockey and cricket. Especially at... So I was in a boarding house and we had, like, homework time. <laughs> and the amount of times I used to sneak out 
at that time to go play just on the Astro, just by myself, just to go play hockey with another one of my mates. Hmm. We just go play hockey. Like I would <laughs> do it so much. I don't know how I didn't get in trouble, but literally, I'd literally sneak out the house to go play hockey. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's your escape, though, and obviously. Then you got your knee injury. So how old were you when you first started realizing about your knee? So I must have been around about seventeen, eighteen when I was playing hockey, and I'd play a game, play a full game, mm. and then the next day I wouldn't be able to walk, and I did that for about two years. I didn't really think anything of it. I mean, I should have. I mean, I literally was not walking the next day, so should have yeah. probably thought something of it. And then my brother actually plays out in Holland uh, professionally. And he was like, you should come out with me, like, you know, have a trial. And I was like, that's my passion. That was what I wanted to do. So I was like, absolutely. So I was like, I want to get my knee sorted out because I don't want to be going over there with an injury. I want to be, you know, fresh. I want to be good. So I went to London and had an MRI scan. And the doctor was literally like, yeah, you need to stop running altogether. Mm. Not not just hockey, like running or lifting weights in the gym. You literally cannot do that now. Mm. You have to stop immediately. It's all about your injuries that bad. It's getting worse and worse. But he even said, if you came to me the day you did your injury, I don't even know when it was, there's nothing I could do anyway. So it was a tough pill to swallow. Mm. I think at the time I didn't really digest it. I literally just, he told me you need to stop running and hockey and I was more actually concerned about, oh, I can't even go to the gym and, like, do, like, leg day or anything like that. And it was a while till afterwards that I realised, like, I actually cannot play the mm. sport I love anymore, cricket or hockey. So, yeah, it was it was tough and it sucks, and especially at such a young age. I think I was... must have been, like, when I was 20 when he told me, yeah. you need to stop, stop playing 2021, 20, you need to stop running. And, like, that's a crucial age of like you're getting better and better and yeah yeah you have to stop immediately it's uh yeah it sucked it sucked <laughs> and when the doctor told you that you couldn't run anymore yeah like did that really affect your mental health at the time because you know you were young you had the dreams of becoming mm. a hockey player you wanted to play out with your brother in holland and i can't imagine that feeling of it's like someone taking it away from you like that yeah. and yeah well, how did that feel for you in that time at the time, like I said, I didn't really process it. And then over time, like, you realise you can't even do the simple things of just running. Mm-hmm. And it really gets you or, like, leg day. And, it, and like, I'm still in pain today. Like, there's, it's not, like, recovered. I'm not, like, pain-free. I, like, there's days where I'm in pain. So at the time, it was... I didn't process it, and I was like, oh, that sucks. And then over time, it was just like, actually, wait a minute this really does suck this is mental like I'm at such a young age I had sport was my passion my love that's my escape from everything and I can't do it and it sucked it was awful it was yeah literally like I said it was it drank like mental health it was awful like it was you just can't do the stuff that you love and forever that's it it's mm. just like taking it away from you it was hard it was really hard to get over and but I always try to stay as positive that I can. Like, that's what I always try to do. I always try to stay positive. So mm. I think I took it a lot better than a lot of people would have. Luckily, I think, you know, I'm all, I try, I always try to be as positive as, as I can. I was like, okay, cool, I can't do this. I can find other passions. And, mm. 
but yeah, it's, it was not, it wasn't easy. Like, the amount of times my mates still were like, Andrew, like, you're coming over to Guernsey, can you play for us this weekend? And I'm like, lads, I physically am not allowed, I physically can't. Mm. But they still want me to play and like, they still talk about, you know, what I was like, what, you know, what I was like at hockey and it's just like, oh, that sucks. Like, it, it hurts and like, it sucks and I don't think I went to a hockey pitch after after I got told for maybe like a year or a year and a half. Mm. Didn't even go, didn't even go watch my mates because it was just like, Hurt. yeah, because it sucks. It's just like, I want to be out there helping the boys out and you can't do anything. Yeah. So I, I still hardly ever go to an Astro, a pitch. Mm. I still hardly ever go. It sucks. Yeah, because I mean, I can't imagine how it feels. Like, it was like, because with me dancing, mm. it's like if I was to hurt my knee, I'd break my, I would never be able to dance again. And yeah. the thought of that being taken away from me, I can't imagine that feeling. Cause, yeah, because for you, that would have been like your escape, wouldn't yeah, it? Yeah, it is still my escape. Yeah. And, you know, I think everyone has their own little escapes from this world sometimes, and yeah. that was yours. And yeah. obviously after, you know, your knee, then you discovered that you had brain tumour mm. the age 20, right? Yeah, so mm. it's like 2021. I had, so I had like a lump on my head for mm. like a few years. And like my brother, he like felt it. And he was like, Andrew, what is, what is wrong with you, basically? Mm. What is that? And I was like, I don't know. I've had it there for a while. And he was like, all right, there and then he literally called up the doctor and like got me a, an appointment mm. and uh, had an MRI, MRI scan, something like that. And then went back to the doctor again. And, yeah, told me that I had this brain tumor. And it was like, what the hell? Like, mm-hmm. I, I went back into my car, just started crying, and literally went back to work that day, like, that afternoon. You went back to work? Back yeah, then. back to work. And they all knew I'd gone to the doctors for it. And they were just like, oh, Andrew, how did it go? And I, I just couldn't speak. I'd mm-hmm. like, I literally just could not speak. And eventually one of the, my colleagues went to my boss and was literally like, yeah, I think Andrew needs to go home and... Just like, you know, just process mm. it kind of thing. Um, yeah, no, it was it was scary. Like really, really scary. Like I was literally like, what the hell? Like I could like this is major, like having a brain tumor at like twenty. But yeah, literally within two weeks, went flew to London, had surgery, got it removed. Mm. But yeah, at the time it was so scary and like what could have been and luckily my brother you know luckily no. he called the doctor because i would have left it i'd have been like oh it's just part of my skull it's just that's just what it's hard so i just thought it was literally my skull mm. and it was big as well literally like pretty big yeah um but yeah so at the time it was so scary and like i was crying and i couldn't speak to my colleagues like you know when you like want to say something you just mm. like you just can't yeah. It was like that, and yeah, no. So I got that removed. I was like, I, within like two, like a month of it all happening. Yeah. So yeah, luckily I got it removed, and yeah, luckily I'm all good. <laughs> yeah. No, of course. And I think at the time you also deemed with your knee as well. So mm. I feel like you've gone through so many obstacles. And you've, and at the same time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like literally at the same time, and you know you've come out the other side so much stronger, and I think. You're a great pioneer, especially for the younger generation, because you've shown to people that you can have you know, your dreams taken away, but if you stay positive, everything does happen for a reason, and yeah. you can get through those hard moments and look on the bright side, because there's always light at the end of the tunnel, and I think that's why you're so great at that. You always do look at the 
the light at the end of the tunnel. Mm. And I think that's so important for that message to be shared out there, especially from you. Yeah. You didn't stop because there could have been times where you could have really caved in, but you you still had that ounce of keep going. Positivity and mm. just knowing that, okay, that's not meant to be, but something else will. And, yeah, it's literally living proof, like, you know, I could have gone to Holland, could have done all this. Mm. Okay, but now this is what happened. And, yeah, I couldn't be more grateful when I've met you as well, which is amazing. So mm. everything's all happened, like, for a reason. And I would love to now go for a run now and mm-hmm. everything that I've been through would be so cool. But it is what it is. But you've got to stay positive And, yeah, I'm grateful for everything that's happened, though. Yeah. Like, what advice would you give to, you know, the younger generation that you know, maybe have got a knee injury or a bad injury that's kind of, they can't do what they want to love doing anymore. Mm. Like, what advice would you give to them? I would say my advice would be, like, even if things don't work out how you want it to, it will always happen for a reason. And if you stay positive and you, you look for those reasons of why, you will find what you're looking for and you'll find something even better that you didn't know existed or your mm. path was going to go down. So I'd say literally just always believe in the process and trust the process what we had to say a lot yeah i'd say trust the process and be positive because it will all work out in my opinion no Uh, for sure you just gotta be positive and obviously things might seem like it can't get any worse and it does get worse but eventually it will get better yeah so that would be my message no it's true because you know you have to trust the process and you know, it can get hard sometimes and Mm. life does get hard, but it's about pushing through and finding your superpower. And that's why I see that you do have a superpower because you've overcame a massive injury that stopped you from doing what you wanted to do, but you found something else. Like you went into real estate in Dubai, Mm -hmm. then you went on a big show and you go show if you keep reaching for the stars, you will find a different new path and you still will find your happiness, which... Clearly you have, you have found happiness elsewhere. And, you know, I think people that, if you're listening to this, if you're dealing with an injury right now, or you're struggling to push through, like Andrew said, like trust the process and don't give up because also trust the people around you as well. I think, you know, have that support around you and you will get through it. And, you know, it may seem like the end of the world. And I guess for you, you felt like that. But like you said, you will find something else and... I think that's so important for people to know. So obviously when you first got diagnosed with a brain tumour, you know, you had the few weeks to process that before your operation. Mm-hmm. Like how how was it for you processing it? Did it change your thoughts about anything? You know, having the MRI scan and stuff and everything that came with it. Mm-hmm. How was it for you personally? Because, I mean, it's... I can't imagine someone saying to me, you know, you've got brain tumour, mm. you need operation, you need to get it out as soon as possible. And, you know, it's quite a sensitive subject because it is quite, you know, terrifying. Yeah. And no, at the time, when I first was initially told, like I said, I was crying in the car, but like I literally thought, that's it. Like, I'm 20. Mm. I'm literally, I literally thought, that's it. Like, I'm done. <laughs> like, that's it for me. What my life is over, like, I generally thought that. I thought, I can't believe it. I'm so young and this is it. So, I was, yeah, I was terrified. I was I was so scared and I didn't know what to do. I can't believe I even went back to work. <laughs> I just sat that off. 
but yeah, no, I was just really, yeah, I was just terrified. I was so scared and I didn't know how to tell anyone. Mm. Well, I told I told my mum and dad, obviously, straight away and my brother. But yeah, no, I was just crying and just so upset and didn't, yeah, just thought, what the hell? I can't believe this has now happened mm. at such a young age. I, I just thought this would be not something I would never go through. You know, you just always think when you're young, like, I'm invincible, like, I'll live forever and... I'll be able to run forever. I'll be able to do this forever. Like, and then I was thinking at twenty, what what is going on? Like, this is ridiculous. Like, it's mad. I can't believe I'm getting this. Like, why me? You always mm-hmm. think, why me? Like, even with my knee, I still think, why me? Why out of everyone in the world? Why do I have to be the one that I can't run? Why can't I? And then with the brain tumor, I thought that was it. So, what changed? I'd say like, yeah, just from then, I was just like, well, I've just got to live my life and just. Like, after the surgery and it was fine, I just thought, well, that was a close call. And I just thought, I've got to just enjoy my life as much as I can now. And, like, that's why I probably, I never really, I always went on holidays after that. I always just try to enjoy my life and take every moment as I can instead of just working all the time. And that's why I started to probably hate work a bit more after that because I thought, what, like, I only live once. I don't want to be stuck in an office. So that that's probably one of the main reasons why I changed then to move to London to do PTing. And then I came back to Guernsey. I was like, well, what am I doing? I don't want to be back here. I want to be out in Dubai. Mm. So I think it made me actually become like adventurous and mm. take every opportunity that I can instead of just just being in Guernsey. And, and which I love Guernsey, but like just sitting in an office every day, I didn't want to do that. So it it made me become a person that takes opportunities whenever it comes and and just enjoy life as much as I can because like we actually generally only live once and mm-hmm. unfortunately I'm not that little kid that will live forever like I thought. So yeah, no, it made me just live my life as much as I possibly can and, and yeah, you know, like I said, I'm always positive. So after that surgery, I'm like, right, cool, I'm fine. Let's go enjoy my life and... Mm and look where I am now so it's, it all happens for a reason and it again it's probably one of the re- reasons why I moved to Dubai moved did all this and so yeah no it's all been great in the end <laughs> but yeah it was it was tough it was tough when I was doing it but it all worked out for the best so throughout your recovery process obviously you had your friends and family supporting you what really really helped you like what did they do that helped you push through um, so what do they do? So I would say oh, my mum, she's literally, she'll always be there. She's like a, I'd say a hero to me. Like whenever like I'm ill or whenever I'm, you know, surgeries or anything, she's literally there hand and foot, literally. So I was very grateful. I'm very lucky that I had my mum to basically literally look after me. Mm. And then, yeah, just, I'd say like just friends. Obviously you can't be there all the time and there's only so much you can do. But I would just say all I would ever want is just the odd message here and there, just like, I hope you're good and, you know, I'm always here to talk to. And mm. that that's all really, that's all you can really do. And, you know, obviously when when people are going through something hard and they might be a bit more snappy and they don't mean it, it's, it's just tough. They're going through something and it it sucks for them. They can't come out and help, help you and, like, you know, so they might snap and they might take something pers- like bad. But like they don't mean it, and just know that it will all be, it will be good. So that like if they snap at you, it's not because they, they mm. just like I think they're just going through something, and just be there for them. That's all you can really do. And and 
be positive for them. That's all I'd want is someone just to be positive mm-hmm. and just go, yeah, I'm not long now and I will be doing this and stuff like that. It's just look look forward to the good days. And So would you say that you snapped quite a bit? No, I, I don't think I... I didn't too much, but I can imagine some people would. Mm-hmm. Like, if you're stuck in bed all day and, like, I don't know, someone says something, like, I, I can imagine someone would get annoyed easier mm-hmm. or quicker, right? Um, I think I didn't so much. I think I was just, like I said, I'm always positive. So yeah. my, even if I'm going through something hard, I, I will not, I don't want to give anyone grief. So it's just like, so I can imagine some people probably would, but, like, I would just say, like, don't take it personally. I'll just say, look, that. They care, mm. they, and um, yeah, no, just be positive, and that that will be all good in the end. So yeah, what I want is people around me just being positive. That was it. That's yeah. what I want. Yeah. So obviously, you're a very positive person, and you know, especially people that maybe struggle to be positive. You know, what helps you to be positive? You know, sometimes people can find that challenging. Mm. So how can you overcome that and find that positivity? Like, what's your way? So for me, like. Even with my knee injury, I just, I still went to the gym. I still did like upper body and stuff like that. So for me, it was working out. So mm-hmm. like that's why one of the reasons I became a PT as well is because it brings out the endorphins of like good endorphins. So like mm. it's always so I think I think exercise is so good for the mental mental health. And I know that's so hard on a lot of people to go on oh, and go to the gym and stuff like that. But it doesn't have to be going to the gym. Mm-hmm. It can be going out for a walk or it can be going for a swim in the sea you know just something simple like that going outside and getting some fresh air clearing your head i think that's one of the best ways of doing it um mm. again you can do a, get having a, a little escape of going gaming or something like that and just being with your mates i think a lot of people then tend to like also go to the pub with their friends and like alcohol and i i mean i don't know if that's the best way of doing it because alcohol is literally a depressant so mm. i'd probably avoid that but like even if you if you know even if they're going and you go just try and be strong and go yeah i'm just gonna order a lemonade or something like that mm. and just talk to them but yeah speaking to your friends is also a great one to do it but yeah i think just trying to stay active i know it's easier said than done but i wouldn't wouldn't just sit in bed all day and watch tv Try and do something once a day. Just have like, mm. have like a little chat. Give yourself a little challenge. Once a day, I'm going to do this. Once a day, I'm going to do that, and that will really help. I think. What is the of escape now? I think through lockdown, I think it was definitely playing COD. <laughs> Everyone knew Warzone. Um, so yeah, that was it. It was gaming. My brothers play game as well. So it was. It was still a sense of I like to be competitive. Mm. I like to win things so it was like if I can't do it on the pitch I can't okay. do it running it was like people didn't understand that like it was why Andrew loves the game it's like well it's because I can't go do it on the pitch I want to do it, do it on some some other device and I got good at that and did that so yeah that was definitely an escape that's interesting because kind of like you know gaming you can't do it on the pitch but yeah. you do it on the games instead yeah, yeah, and yeah. that's quite interesting that you can outlet it in that mm. way that you're still kind of doing the sport you love, but in yeah. a virtual way, I guess. Yeah. And, and you're still playing with your mates. It's mm. just like it's like it's literally like the same. Well, it's not the same, but it's similar. Yeah. And like that's why like people like didn't really understand it. It's just like, well, you can go outside, you can go run, you can go do all this, you can play sport, netball, or, or hockey, cricket. I can't. Mm. That's my outlet. That's something that 
I can do and I'm good at. Yeah. So that was an outlet. Um, and then obviously as well, again, it's sport related. So I became a personal trainer. Mm-hmm. I'd demonstrate what I was doing, but obviously it would all be body weight. But I still loved it. It was still interacting with people, helping their goals and, you know, hearing about their struggles as well. So it was it was it was good to like get to know people like that and mm-hmm. personal training was great and I loved seeing people like achieve their goals. It was it was incredible. So it was I got their like I got enjoyment through them, you know? Mm. Watching them do like be able to do a push up after like never doing a push up and things like that or running. They've mm-hmm. never run in like twenty years. Something like that and now they can go for a jog. So yeah, it was amazing. I loved loved that as well. I loved helping people. So helping people was definitely an escape. Mm-hmm. And again, it was still sport related. Yeah. And gym, I loved the gym. So it was yeah, it worked hand in hand. Obviously, the whole concept of this podcast is no superpowers. And when I met you and more got to know you, there's a side to you that I saw as like you know you have got superpowers as well. And you were so understanding and accepting of my superpower and it goes to show with like you know you need to treat people with kindness and you know you never know what really happens behind closed doors you never really know what people have gone through and you went through hardships in your life and you've come out the other side and that's that's your superpower and that's why you know I love you for that because you you really are a strong person inside and you know you you're just an aura to be around and you're loving and you're positive and you know of course you do have your down days as well and you know and the whole concept you know is not disability it's a superpower and you know dyslexia is seen as a disability as well and I think you know it's all about embracing it and you know it is my superpower it's something different and unique about you and you know I think that's why with you I was so drawn to that because you also went through hardships in life and we both could connect to that level in terms of we went through hard times, but we've come out and come out the other side a lot stronger, you know? And I think you're great like that. Very, very great. (laughs) (laughs) But um, I've got one question to ask you. What would you say your superpower is? I think it's pretty obvious. I think for me, my superpower is just being positive, just like even you can be in the lowest of lowest but like I always try and be positive mm. and if I see anyone down I'll always be like try and be po- I'll be as positive as I can so my superpower I would say is just being positive and spreading that positivity around love that well, <laughs> thank you so much for joining me thank you for having <laughs> me <laughs> thank you for listening and we hope you enjoyed and took something useful from this episode Don't forget to follow Superpowers with Tasha on your favourite podcast platform. And together, let's make our world a more inclusive and accepting place. See you next time.